What's better than Anchor's podcast creation tools? Nothing. Mankind has always searched for evidence of God's perfection, and we found it. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use straight from your phone or computer. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the lesser of the podcast platforms like Stitcher. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I've made $5, and I've been doing this for three months. So, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is a warning that sometimes there might be inappropriate language, whether it comes from the book we're reviewing or us uh, uh, lightly peppering in some swears in the conversation. We don't normally go crazy, but sometimes it happens, so keep that in mind if you've got a little kid or if you're just really uh, fussy. But uh, either way, don't let that hinder you from enjoying the book, boys. Ben, how's your week been? Well, bad news. I just got an email here. Uh, my American Airlines miles are about to expire. Oh, no. I don't gonna, know what to do about that. Are you going to plan an emergency trip? Give me the miles. Can you do that? I'm going to Buenos Aires. No, you're not. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah give me your miles, Ben. I'll take advantage of it. What are you going to do with them, though? I don't even have that many. I'm going to go to uh, Chicago. I'm more of a Delta man. That's where most of my miles are. <laughs> so I don't know what you to do with You should write these. back, like, I don't care. I'm a Delta man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't threaten me with the loss of miles on a service I refuse to use. Yeah. Anyway, so that was jarring, just getting that email. <laughs> that was jarring? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was a nice weather this weekend. I went for a lengthy hike on Saturday, so oh, yeah. enjoyed the weather. I met a couple of snakes, a snapping turtle, a frog. What snakes? There's not a whole lot of snakes in our state. It's a little... Garden gar- snakes? Gardener snakes? Whatever you call them. Aren't they garter? Are they garter or gardener? I think they're garter. Like garter belts? I think so. It's a sexualized snake? Why are you always sexualizing all the animals you meet all Why the time? are you sexualizing an article <laughs> of women's clothing? Just because a lady <laughs> wears it doesn't mean it's sexualized. Hasn't that always been considered a sexual uh, outfit, the garter belt? I don't know. Well, how it's else are you going to hold your stockings up? <laughs> okay, fine. Let's well, you move want, on. You want the stockings to just fall down? We're moving on. So you saw some snakes. You saw some snapping turtles. You had a... That's garter. I just looked it up. Garter. Yeah, right. G-A-R-T-E-R. Can you look up garter belts? Generally a harmless, small to medium-sized snakes. Okay, what about a garter belt? Do you want me to look it up? What? I'm just looking Don't we up. know what that is? You're trying to get your <laughs> jollies over there? What's I'm going to uh... get my jollies. Whoa. Garter belt sets and other garter belt lingerie at yandy.com. So it is a sexualized outfit. A sexualized article of clothing. Well, it doesn't have to be, but yeah, sure. Well, there's also women's garter belts on Amazon.com. Let's just take a little look here. Let's see what comes <laughs> up. Yeah, I don't think that that was ever just like your average clothing. Look at this, Ben. Look well, at the look at this, Ben. Let's Google unsexy garter belts. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Non-sexual garter belts. Hmm. Well, kinks.com. Garter milf picks. No, yeah, these thank all you. look pretty sexy to me. 
garter belt amateur picks. I'm not clicking on any of these links. I specifically asked for unsexy garter belts. I said non-sexual garter belts. Yeah, I. These Tell are all very man, sexy. I don't think that maybe in. 1740. <laughs> they were invented in a non-sexual way, but well, they have been sexualized ever since. I think we're that. still having a hangover. Look at our conversation. We're still having hangovers from the last book. <laughs> I'm afraid my zipper's about to burst. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my baseball bat is rock hard right now. Oh. So, did you do anything else with your week? How's work? How's the job? No, oh, job's good. No, it's just a job now. All right. The fine. new job shine has worn off, and now I just. You're not. So, what kind of person have you decided to be at the office? Are you fun, Ben? Uh, not yet. Well, we <laughs> just like changes the seating arrangement. Mm. Um, so I'm very isolated all of a sudden. Oh, I think it's on purpose. No, it just. I'm just starting to think some of these things you're talking about are on purpose. No, I don't think this was. <laughs> I just there's somebody new starting in my department. She hasn't started yet, so mm. that's an empty desk next to me. Mm. There's an empty desk behind me because somebody's on maternity leave. So I'm just, yeah. I'm just so are you like right over preparing for this desk? Is she gonna sit near you? Yeah, she's gonna sit next to me. So are you like primping up the desk areas, making sure you look re- uh, respectable? Primping up what desk area? My desk. Your area? desk area. You My... want to put on a good show for this lady neighbor of yours? I well, spray okay. a little musk on the cue balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how to respond to that. All it's right, tidy. fine. My, my desk is tidy. I keep it. I run a tight ship. You should start getting pictures, like frames that already have pictures of other people's families in them, like the demo pictures that come with the frame when you go to Target. Yeah. You should do that. Not when I go to Target, when we go to Target. (laughs) You know, we haven't been going to Target or going out to eat because we want to save everything for the show. Yeah. So we're kind of becoming really boring. We literally just show it up and then it's like we have nothing to talk about and then you just go home. (laughs) I mean, do you want to go to Target next week or something? I could, I could save up some chores if you want to see me get some mouthwash and whatever else. <laughs> I don't know if I want to, but I mean, we can. All right. Get something to do or, do, or just go get something Should we eat. live record it with these big old mics, too? <laughs> <laughs> with my laptop and we're holding the mics and stuff? Are they... So they're not battery powered. We're going to have to like carry mm-hmm. around one of those battery packs. Exactly. You don't want to talk about your week? No, I don't want to talk about my week. It's been uh kind of thought so. It's been a wild, wild week. But uh it because of my wild week that we will not talk about, uh it's prevented us from doing a show. Yeah. And subsequent other properties of the Nuzzle House audio uh, empire. You still cranked out a few, didn't you? No, I didn't do anything this week. Well, it's only Monday. No, but previous week. Oh, the week. the bedtime with Glenn, that was oh. from... I recorded that earlier and set okay. up the release date gotcha. or whatever. So that was automated. Kind of like all the tweets you can't stand. I set those all up and then you walk away. I I stopped following you. <laughs> well, I didn't stop following you. I just turned off the notifications. That, that was my attempt. I gave it one week where I went all in trying to be, Hey, everybody, check us out. Here's a funny little thing I'm saying. And I did it for one week, and it saw no difference whatsoever. No interactions, no nothing. Well, I don't know if a week is long enough. Do I really have to do it for longer? I don't know. Ugh, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm out. I'm okay. done. Thank you. Yeah, so thank you. <laughs> so yeah, It you, was jarring. I, I'm not used to getting so many notifications at uh, Nuzzle House. There's a tweet. Yeah. Nuzzle House uh, post on Instagram. Oh, I even tried to interact with other people. I was really... Really selling my soul, and it was not Did working. Did you gain any followers? Got two followers wow. from other podcasts. Okay. That's, um... Well, thanks to my busy week, I've uh, not been very involved in this book. I've tried to squeeze it in where I can. But 
so much should, of the should book. Should we mention that this book is Starship Troopers by Robert Heinlein? Yes. Okay. I actually looked a little bit of him up trying to understand this book, which we'll get into later. This book is 90% stories, almost cute stories of military life. Yeah, so I enjoy sci-fi or speculative fiction every now and then. Mm-hmm. Which think, is a term that he created. Did he? I looked it up, yeah. No. Oh, also, pay it forward is a term he created. Oh, fuck that. That's speculative uh, fiction he created. So go on. You enjoy yeah, well, already well, enjoy like, his work. When the genre is done well, I think it it's not just like space opera. It has something to say about the current times that we live in, and it's using mm. plot and setting to... Convey a message and, and have some commentary on mm-hmm. current events. Of its time, yeah. This book, like you said, this is just... So the general plot is there's... It's a couple hundred years in the future. Yeah, I don't even remember what the dates are supposed I, to be. I don't yeah. either. But there's some sort of interstellar war against some race of bug creatures that mm-hmm. humans are fighting. But that, yeah, there's, what, four chapters about that? And the rest of it is just the main character reminiscing on boot camp, basically. And school, yeah. and And so through the lens of trying to figure out what the commentary is here, I was mm-hmm. two chapters stood out to me. There's the one about spanking and the one about mm-hmm. voting. Okay, why did those stand out for you? Because that, that's the only time that I felt like the author was trying to say something. The rest of it was just... Hmm. Kind of fetishizing military experience, it seemed like. And just <laughs> I know. Relaying these, yeah, like these really kind of cutesy stories it's about. Super romanticized. Yeah. Well, I wonder, well, we can get into that towards the end. Uh, just to kind of go over this, the book as a whole. Uh, from the beginning, the first chapter talks about how they're preparing for a jump or whatever. They're going into battle. Yeah. Uh, and it's how they're in the ship and they're getting ready to be launched in these capsules out onto this planet for attack or whatever. And uh, then uh, they actually do have a battle in that first chapter, which is against skinnies, a humanoid race of people. And they don't really talk a lot about the enemy or any of the stuff you'd expect out of like a lot of sci-fi movies and stuff you'd see. It would be about yeah. like, who are the weird things we're fighting and what are the, how weird and different are they from us and what are the weapons we're using that are super cool. It kind of just gets into, there is a battle with these skinnies. They don't really describe what the skinnies are, at least that I caught. I don't know if you caught any more Not detail really. than I did. Yeah, so it's just kind of, they're called skinnies and that's kind of all you know. They're humanoid, I guess. Yeah, so that's like, there's three, I guess, races in the book. Yeah. There's humans, the skinnies, and the bugs. Yeah. And so the they do have a battle, and they talk about some of the weapons that they use and some of the technology and gear that they use, and kind of just go gloss over it. They don't get into a lot of detail. So it's a little bit about the suits, these mechanized suits they're wearing, a little bit about these, like, peepers or whatever the heck they call them. Uh, <laughs> I think it was snoopers. Snoopers, that's Which, what it that was. Which, that was annoying. Those are, just like, high-tech goggles, basically. Yeah, just like, like yeah, right. But yeah, the, like the term snooper was, was cute. really annoying. Yeah, too cutesy, too weird. Yeah. So, but then um, they do have weird things like he, as he's, he got dropped in the wrong area, like a mile away from where he's supposed to be. So he's basically trying to get back to the rest of the group. And through this, he winds up going through what may possibly be some kind of church or cathedral. And there's a bunch of skinnies in there. So he drops a bomb and the bomb starts announcing that it is a bomb and it's going to kill everyone in the room in its language and counts down to just scare all of them. Yeah, it goes in like 30 seconds to... Yeah, to do something. And so then he just takes off and he eventually survives that. After that chapter, with all that drama and fighting, um, it then it just... 90% of it is reminiscing. Yeah, so he, <laughs> the, the main character part. goes from that and then, it, yeah, it jumps back to him 
in high school deciding mm-hmm. to join the military and then going through boot camp. Yeah. And I thought it was just boring for the most part. It, it was is just boring for the te- most part. And the author kept saying things like, well, I'm not going to bother describing this. And then goes on to spend five pages describing it. Like the all the... He did gloss over things by saying like... Uh, you know, and I'm going to leave out this part of boot camp and that part of boot. And he actually didn't say anything about yeah. those things. And I was just like, that's kind of like a weird, cheap way of just like, well, there. Is, just imagine the rest of the story I'd tell you. Yeah, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. And then I don't know. It's from 1959, so of course there was some sexist parts, which were yes, and yeah, that's more we can get into a little bit later. Yeah. So, so as that, far as it goes, then, the then it's like, did you like the neo dogs? Oh yeah, don't they talk? <laughs> Wasn't yeah. that the deal with Well, that? and they describe him as being as intelligent as a human moron. Yeah, not the brightest, yeah. But honestly, like, through from chapter 2 to, like, chapter all the way to, like, 12 or so, 13, um, it's just all stories of being in boot camp. There are some and highlights. some even going back to his, one of his teachers in high school was a former military man, so. Yep, that's And right. that's where the chapter I talked about, about voting and about mm. um, spanking. Those were. The spanking one, I'm wondering why you're pulling that. The voting, is is it about the fact that you can't vote unless you serve time in the military, then you're a real citizen? Yeah, I think just those two chapters so I mean, is being really, I'm assuming very transparent. Mm-hmm views that the author holds that's another thing we can get into but yes so just getting through the basic idea of the story uh it is all just boot camp um there's highlights like his dad doesn't want him to join the military originally saying that the military is for dumb people then he joins anyways and because he doesn't want to be the son of a businessman like just inheriting his business and whatever so he winds up joining the military anyways because his friend more or less convinces him to do it uh, he later on his mom dies. His mom has written him letters saying your dad's so angry he won't talk about you. But then later on she dies. Then later on the dad well, shows up. Should we see why she died? I don't remember why she died. Go ahead. Well, she was in Buenos Aires when the bugs oh, that's attacked right. it. Yep, that's true. The bugs killed her. Uh, then yeah, she died. Then the dad wound up joining the military and saying, "Oh, I was just saying that stuff. I didn't really mean it." And uh, but you know it's kind of because your mom. So it's your mom's fault that I was being such a baby. <laughs> but now yeah. I'm in the military. But yeah, um, the bugs attacked Buenos Aires. That part I got confused about because the skinnies told the bugs about Terrera. And I don't know what Terrera was. I think Terra is or Earth. Terra. Just, that's Earth? Oh, yeah. okay. So told them like, where Terra Earth is. Isn't that the Latin or Greek root? For, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so told them where Earth is then, I guess. I thought maybe it was like a base or something. I couldn't tell. I, no, it's just Earth. But uh, told him what terror was, and so then the uh, bugs go and attack and destroy Buenos Aires, and then that's what kind of like kicks off us going after them, apparently. And uh, but then it's not until the last chapter that anything involving real fighting of the bugs, like a battle scene yeah. and describing interacting with the bugs and what they're like that you'd expect yeah. out of a sci-fi yeah. book, uh, is until honestly like the second to last chapter. Yeah, that so, was weird to me. I agree. and even then it wasn't like big overarching because you're expecting like they're going to have to say a lot about bugs in this like they're going to because they talk about mm-hmm. how you have the worker bugs you have the bat like the fighter they're bugs they're just ants basically. they're basically just ants yeah they have like a hive thing you have like the uh, the central command kind of brain bugs that they call them and then they got like a queen so what they wanted to do is they wanted to work their way down and capture a queen or and, a brain bug and that in that's like the second to last chapter that they go through all that and, and so that's, and they don't even succeed so the bugs are communists right I think at one point yeah. he explicitly compared them to the Chinese. 
Oh, did he? I didn't catch I that. Think so, um, so that's fun. I mean, that's yeah. The, that's the author's view is coming through. Which right? I thought the was weird. Is a huge fan of the military, not a fan of communism. No, thinks spanking is great. Thinks uh, what is it about the spanking? I totally have not caught that. What what about the chapter involved spanking that stood out for you? It was just a big advocate of spanking. He's like made it sound like that in general, or was there a scene I missed where like the military people were being spanked? Where they were talking about spanking in school. Oh, in school. Oh, I yeah. didn't catch that then. Again, I had well, a crazy no, they, week. In school is where they were talking about. They were talking about how like late 20th century civilization crumbled, basically, because parents stopped spanking their children. Oh, really? Yeah, so children <laughs> never learned like, consequences for their bad behavior, and yeah. that's why crime oh my skyrockets. God. That's I can't amazing. Catch it. it was seriously like a whole chapter. I it was busy this okay. week. I don't yeah, know what to tell you. All right, I've been sorry. a busy boy. I had I was squeezing this in every chance I could get. I did catch the part where they talked about how after the attack on Buenos Aires that they uh, all of the politicians were demanding a defensive sort of maneuver, posture, whatever, that that's where they wanted to put all their money and their efforts into with the military was just for defense. But that's because they're all babies, and yeah. you know, they're too stupid to realize that'll never work. So the, I, I yeah, wonder if that was in that chapter and I missed I'll, it. I don't know. Probably. Um, I should... Spank you for not paying close attention. Oh, for Christ's sake. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to edit that one out, are you? That's, that's uh, the best line we've had so far in this episode. This is going to be a boring episode. It's it? probably going to be boring. The book itself doesn't inspire a lot of uh, banter. No. Um, so sure. basically, that's it. And then on the on their final run, they do wind up catching some brain bugs, thinking that they're... And this part I thought was... I mean, out of the book being pretty military-ish and you know, pretty well fleshed out in that area, because apparently he was in the military... The yeah. idea of capturing brain bugs so that you can... Because I guess the bugs were capturing human troops and that they were going to use these brain bugs as collateral or whatever to try and get these troops back. That seems weird when, it's, when you're talking about completely alien beings. Uh, but, of course, they're babies and they died right away. So they, you know, they're not strong enough yeah. uh, to survive so they were useless in the end. But they didn't catch, they didn't catch any royalty, they kept calling it, any like queen or anything. And uh, so it was kind of like not successful. So this book, you're expecting a big, like, how do you save the human race? Didn't really happen. It was just kind of like another day in the life of the military in space. Yeah. Kind of weird. So yeah, was, is that a fair overview, do you think? I think so, yeah. And just to that, like, I was, what was, from a plot perspective, what was the point of the book? Uh, I, I think I, like you were saying, just a way of delivering a message. Yeah. Yeah. But just, this is where I get hung up. So I've seen the movie before. And the movie is very much a satirical take on sort of this military kind of extreme right-wing approach towards how you view the world. Yeah. And the movie will show you, like, everything's shot like it's on the set of 90210 where everyone's really happy and they're having, like, innocent good times and this boy likes that girl and all that kind of stuff. And then even down to the battles, it's very simplified and all patriotic-ish and that kind of stuff. But you don't notice that people are wearing big, long black trench coats like they're part of, like, the German SS and stuff. Like, they, it, they make yeah. it very fascist throughout there. And in the movie, they make it clear that we are the bad guys because we started creating settlements in the bug area. So the bugs are trying to get us out so we go to all-out war with them. Yeah. So in the movie, they make it very clear that the humans are the bad guys, but they don't know that they're bad because they're living in this world where they're brainwashed. This book sort of does that, and I was having a tough time until I read up on the author. I'm like, I can't tell if he's doing a critique on a complacent society 
having because they have the teachers uh, like the one teacher Dubois. He um, is really focused on the moral philosophy behind their kind of totalitarian approach towards society and kind of the Roman style take over the you know take over other areas to bring in money. Um, so it's really like trying to show like I was taking it as like this is how you brainwash a whole society to become this sort of extreme right wing, whatever. Uh, and I kind of kept thinking that all the way through to the very end. It wasn't until I got on Wikipedia and read about the author. I'm like, oh, no. So he does actually believe this stuff. Yeah. But I can also see when I was reading it, like, I can't tell if he's making, not making fun, but showing how people can be in, like, how do people in Germany live under the Nazis and be okay with themselves? This is, this would explain how. That's kind of what I got from Yeah, but it wasn't, that is not satire. He's just... No, after I read about him, then yeah, I'm like, oh, sincere. it's not satire yeah. at all. Well, it's not even satire. It's just like a critique on that. Yeah. Like, it's not a critique. He just, he thinks this is the way it should be. Yeah. He's a big fan so, of all the hypnosis used to condition these people on a daily basis, yeah. <laughs> which he thinks is okay. And he thinks in this world that he's built in this book, only people who have served in the military are allowed to vote. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the rest are too stupid and too weak. Yeah. Yeah. And don't understand consequences, apparently. Another um, thing, the sexism you brought up. So, which is weird, because it starts... The women are in the military are first introduced as being, like, the best pilots. Yeah. Because they are, what, are nimble-minded, and they can, they're can they just good at piloting ships. Yeah, which is weird, but at least for its time, is probably trying to be flattering. Yeah, which I was <laughs> kind of surprised by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then, as the book goes on, they're, the women are just objects. Like, yes. they're good pilots, but mm-hmm. he keeps making reference to, like, they're the reason we're fighting. Those, yes. Those dames up in the well, up he, in the cockpit. He nulled, or he voided out all of, uh, you know, the pretty clumsy arguments he's trying to make for, like, why women are superior for being pilots because of their quick reflexes and everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he voided all that out by saying later on in the book uh, about how, well, they're there for a reason. It's to inspire these people to fight. So yeah. you can see her on the way out. Exactly. You know why you're fighting, and it's like, eh, well, I mean, you tried. <laughs> Did he, though? I don't know if he even tried that hard. Um, I, actually, there's one sexist quote towards the end. Hmm. Um, that was kind of amusing. Are you going to read it? I'm looking for it. Well, you're looking at me. You're not even looking at the pages you're flipping through. Are you hard right now? Um... So it's when he's reunited with his dad towards the end of the book, mm-hmm. and they're talking about how uh, dad understood why son joined the military, but mom couldn't. Yeah. And uh, I always understood what you were doing better than your mother did. No, oh, yeah. Don't blame her. She never had a chance to know any more than a bird can understand swimming. Mm. <laughs> like yeah, that's pretty bad. That's <laughs> oh, amazing. I, yeah. I also, as a weird side note, there was a there was a, a good portion of a chapter. All the chapters just kind of mixed in together for me because it's just more stories of like training and everything else. Really fixated on jewelry, earrings in particular. What was that about? Yeah, and it was basically just a gold earring that people. It was like a skull and crossbones, but mm-hmm. it had more bones based on how many like missions you've done. Yeah, but he says and they're like, oh, I've yeah. always loved jewelry, but they don't let you wear it here at boot camp. Well, he and could, like, and he, his mom never let him get his ears pierced, so he yeah. always has clamp-on earrings. And <laughs> it was, yeah, <laughs> it was like, a weird... What's the fixation on earrings? I, that I was don't so know. Weird. That was weird. Um, 
I don't know. I guess I, I don't have a lot to talk about about this book. It's like I know, like the I sexism, the spanking, and the should, voting. We should probably take a break. Yeah. Okay. But what do we talk about after the break? Well, let's discuss that during the break. <laughs> okay. Fine. <laughs> So we're back. Oh. We're pretending that we're back. I we were back already. <laughs> For editing were reasons, I back? have to have an actual start of some sort. Oh, okay. That's the reason why I always scream Ben all the time. Yeah? Because it's easier for me to edit. I thought we had already started. We are now. I'm so confused right now. You're fine. So he's a big military guy. Uh, I was going to say, even though this book is, for the most part, boring as heck, unless you've probably been in the military and, like, him slowly working through the ranks and working... He doesn't even work his way through the ranks in an amazing degree. He I was like, not in the military. Were you in the military ever? Never then? in the military. Yeah, me neither. He only slightly goes up in rank by the end of the book. Does he, though? I'm not sure. He did. He winds up becoming, like, sort of like a temporary assistant to the manager kind of position. I, I, don't, I don't understand ranks, though. Neither do I. He kept... Like, that was one of my frustrations with the book, is he kept throwing out these terms, like, I'm just supposed to know that... Mm-hmm. Where a major ranks in relation to a corporal or something. Yeah. I don't I don't know what that means. I don't know either. I don't care. I know. I don't care as a lieutenant. Is well, that, you're part is of that the problem. Good or bad? That's the reason why. It's because you're part of the problem. Yeah, and I voted last time. I'm going to vote again. Were you ever spanked? Even I was ever in the mood. No, I wasn't. I Were was you? spanked. Okay. I was spanked. I, um, I didn't realize that spanking was so common still. I, I remember... Still? I don't think anyone spanks anyone anymore. Well, they... Yeah, maybe not anymore, but <laughs> our generation, no, like, I remember I was struck one time in college, we were, I was in some class, and the professor asked everyone to raise their hand if they had been spanked at all growing up, and mm-hmm. I didn't raise my hand, and I thought that was normal, but, like, 75% of the class raised their hand, and the professor well, said, yeah, yeah, that's what I expected, that's pretty, that's about where it is. Maybe all those people were considerably older than you, as I am, because Whoa. in the 70s, I got spanked all the time. Yeah. You were what? No, baby I'm, in the 80s? If anything, I was older because it took me a long time to finish my undergrad degree. <laughs> so there you go. That's part of the problem. It's a boring book because I don't know enough about like the ranking system, some of the ins and outs and stuff. I think if you well, were in like, the military, you would read this and you'd find it far more interesting. Those details that we find mundane and just move on to like the battles or something. Yeah, it's not so much that I, I don't even know about it. I don't care either. No, like, I don't. Like, I don't care to figure it out. Yeah, so. but I do have to say, uh, the writing is good. There is character development that happens in that mass of stewing boringness. There yeah. is character development. Sure. You do see some drama, like, uh, not Heinrich, but there was another person that actually, like, he deserted and he wound up, like, killing a kid by accident. No, well, I don't think it was by accident. I, they didn't, I don't remember them really explaining, or did I just completely well, miss all they, that? <laughs> Like, he, he deserted and he left, and in town, he wound up, like, killing a girl. Yeah. Why did he kill that girl? There were also some other charges. There was, they mentioned kidnapping and ransom as well. Oh, really? Like, he, I don't he murdered okay. the child. Oh, so there was more to it than that. All right. Yeah. I thought maybe he just accidentally pushed her down hard or something. I didn't no, understand. no, they, they, they made it clear that there was no accident. Ah, got it. Uh, there's Heinrich or whatever who wound up punching his superior, and he wound up... Uh, he didn't get... He got whipped. He got 10 lashes, I think, didn't he? Yeah, and they yeah. talked a lot about that. So there's, like, some... And, like, and how it uh, how it affects the morale of the rest of the group. So there's kind of character development-ish, in a way, going on. Um, so he's a good writer in that sense. He's a good writer in the sense that you do weirdly learn about the military gear they wear and some of the conflicts 
around the outside of the actual events themselves. So he'll talk about how they fight the skinnies and some of like the kind of battle stuff that he's experienced with the skinnies without specifically talking about the battles with the skinnies. So it's like you kind of learn about it through like an organic sort of way. So he's kind of a good writer in that sense, but not enough where I thought the book was great fun to read or anything. Well, I'd like you to tell me what kind of person is he? Well, Ben, he started out as a very liberally liberal kind of person in the 1930s. Uh, when he first started like getting into publishing, um, I forget what he did for a living. Doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, over the army, wasn't he? he did wind up being in the military, and I don't know if that changed him or anything. But he, um, by the time he got into the fifties and sixties, he was very more, much more conservative. Do you, his bio is here, if you want. Oh, you got the bio? Yeah. Does it say when he was in the military? Before he was born or after in nineteen oh seven. He graduated from the U.S. Naval Academy in nineteen twenty nine. Okay. But was forced by illness to retire from the Navy in 1934. Was doing some postgrad work in math mm-hmm. and physics at Cal. Released his first book in 1939. Well, not a book. It was a story he sold to a magazine. Yeah, and that's when his that kicked off his writing career. So, so the military didn't actually influence his. I mean, maybe later in life it had a driving factor in his conservativeness. But it sounds like he got out of the military and he's very liberally liberal, very much into free love, very much not racist and that sort of thing. In his own way, trying to be, like, good with the genders sort of thing. Okay. But as time went on, um, clearly his societal, like, how he thought of society should be far more regimented and controlled. He believed in a one-world government is the only way to prevent us from having catastrophic wars with each other. And uh, when he moved to, I forget where, was it Denver? I can't remember exactly where he moved uh, that he read the local newspaper and there's this big full page ad about not like to trying to get the U.S. government to stop nuclear testing. And uh, he got outraged by that and started his own paper just so he can push the agenda of we need to be a stronger military force against the rest of the world <laughs> and stuff. So he was kind of like one of those loony guys that show up at town hall and have big crazy speeches. He was turning into that. But even so, the weird thing is his later... So he doesn't just turn into a, a completely like a complete bad guy because even in his later books where he was very uh, conservative in his views, he still was not racist. Uh, A lot of his main characters, he'll talk about them. He'll describe the characters in a really weird, like good flattering way and only mention way deep into the book that that person is of African descent. Well, that happened in this book. Yeah. The main character he mentioned his native tongue was uh, Tagalog and English was his second language. So where is Tagalog spoken? Um, well, now we look stupid. I don't know. <laughs> like, you brought it up, and now I have to edit oh, out the part where we both sound really stupid. Is that, like, uh, Pacific Island? Like, Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, oh. Sorry. It is Pacific Island. It's uh, the, 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 the Philippines. The Philippines. Okay. So, yeah, uh, it's a Filipino language. I'm yeah. editing all the parts where we had to look all that up. So to make it sound like I have the answer, Ben, that's Filipino language, Ben. Yeah, everybody knows that. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Um, but uh, plus uh, Juan Rico and stuff like these are non these are non white main characters and things. So he's got that going for him. That's kind of a good thing. That yeah. uh, and even so, I read that the covers of his books where you know that the characters you know as you've read through the book, you realize this character is not white and whatever race it's going to be, that the covers of the book still show light-skinned people, which used to drive him crazy because he was like, that's not what I intended. But they're trying to, like, sell these books to racist people in the 50s and 60s. 
a big defender of like uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and everything. And uh, so he had a lot going for him in that sense. And in his way, he thought that he was open-minded about like being sex positive and that sort of thing. But it also took a turn for the worst in that sense because him being about free love and stuff before the 60s kicked in with that whole movement, um, he was about that very early on, like in the 40s and stuff. But then he wound up twisting over time where he was a proponent of uh, underage sex and incest. For example, in Time Enough for Love, which is the name of his book, (laughs) Heinlein describes a brother and sister who were mirror twins being complementary diploids with entirely disjointed genomes and thus not at increased risk for unfavorable gene duplication due to their condition. So he's using them as a way of exploring incest where you remove the part about, you know, inbreeding and the results of it. Okay. It, then it's like, is it okay for incest then? Uh, so he just got really, and his pedophilia, he's just got really creepy on that level. I think the only thing he walked out of from his entire life experience was that at least he wasn't racist. <laughs> it's the only thing I, you can say about him. I mean, that's something. I mean, he you know. went from incredibly liberal to incredibly conservative, then like sexually, like sex positive to like creepy sex guy. At least the racism stayed pretty consistent. Like he's not racist. So he has that going for him. It's, it's good to try and there's some good in everybody. So there's a little bit of good in everybody. He's got that. So. Yeah. What did you walk away with in this book? He likes spanking. That's it. And I don't know. Like he just he really really likes the military and think that's the best way to run society. Is all right with that. Yeah, kind of ethos and there was a lot talk about, of philosophy was, about it. And there was the arguments in, this, in classrooms over. Yeah, and then this future that he's built, the there is like a scientifically proven set of morals apparently, though, which was. No, <laughs> <laughs> kind of weird. I, don't know. Was, I only vaguely remember that. Yeah, and he was talking about like in our present day here how the kind of pseudo scientists mm-hmm. and they ruined it for everybody and, and said <laughs> you're not supposed to you know beat your children and that's what why society crumbled. Then finally, like the real scientists came in and had their like real proof of how morality works. Yeah, well, it makes for one hell of a. Interesting book. Nice choice, yeah. Ben. <laughs> it was made for a more interesting podcast. Yeah, it was. Well. It wound up being like, it should be really offensive reading it. I think any other author, you'd be like, oh, this is what this author really thinks. And oh, this is really offensive. And I'm angry reading this because yeah. it's just so stupid. It's kind of like when I was reading uh, The Iron Heel. It was just so incredibly one-sided. And so the socialist person uh, would get up on the soapbox and have this huge, big, dramatic pages and pages speech about why their position is right. And then the author would write, the other conservatives at the table yelled back, but they were wrong. That was actually in one. I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like You're not even trying to show an opposing opinion. Yeah. The story's bland enough and kind of dispassionate enough where you can't even get upset while you're reading it. Which is why I couldn't figure out his motives while he was while I was reading this book. Yeah, and then, so it's just kind of a dry book all the way. Through. Yeah, I didn't. It just it didn't grab me. I didn't no. engage with it much. It just I was mildly impressed fine. with learning about the conflicts without him actually writing about the conflicts. I guess that's kind of like a, a neat little trick uh, in a writing style. Yeah, yeah. So I wish there was more neo dogs. I wish he would write. I bet you all these sci-fi writers are perverts. Do. You, 
Well, that's Piers a Anthony. sweeping statement. It's a sweeping statement that I think I can back up with names. Uh, I don't know. Who's, well, I, I used to be a big person. fan of Ray Bradbury, and he had some stuff that I was like, ah. Really? Yeah. And Piers Anthony was just the worst. Who's Piers Anthony? I don't... Mm, he wrote a lot of, like, um, On a Pale Horse and the whole, like, Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, you know, characters and how they become the way they become. And, okay. And he was a pedophile? Uh, he was really perverted. Like, not perverted. I, well, he was in other books that I didn't read. But he had a lot of, like, just tons of sex scenes. And they were just really, like, if a nerdy guy that never got laid would write about sex is kind of how it was coming off. Like, even when I was, a, like, 13 and I was reading these books, I'm like, this is just seems desperate and grasping. <laughs> I'm like, I haven't even had sex. And I know this is ridiculous. But uh, he did write later books that involved incest. Or no, not incest, pedophilia. He had, yeah. had a book that's kind of like a Lolita thing that was pretty gross. That uh, uh, So if this person were to write a book about uh, sex, uh, if he were to write Double Dirty Mountain Men, it would be the scenes in between the sexual interactions, I think is what he would wind up doing. <laughs> so you'd kind of <laughs> glean what happened in their last session just based on their comments as they're making breakfast and yeah. playing Monopoly. And, and reminiscing about how they built the cabin by hand or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a lot like the time that they fingered her butthole. <laughs> yeah. See, that one is a good yeah. book. That one yeah. worked out fine. We're I, still talking about it. I know. And this one, it's like, I'll never remember I read this. For the good of the show, we should keep reading books like that, but I can't. Well, then how's I it going to affect my... I can't romance. <laughs> I can't do that every week. Well, what should we read next, though? Mm. What genre should we go for? I, I don't know. Is there I think we got to go. I, I think we need to. We need to just call out a genre and then stick to it, and then find the book we're going to read about it. Romance was easy. Yeah. Should we go into the uh, the other Bob Honey? Is that out already? You said. I believe it's out. Yeah. Maybe we should dive into the Bob Honey, though. That's just so goddamn frustrating. Yeah, was it? I think wasn't it even Man, described was as Mad Cat. Is it? I, th- I think so. You're going to give a description in, about it? I don't know. I pasted that description into our shared document. What did you have in there? Bob Honey. Bob Honey sings Jimmy Crack Corn. <laughs> <laughs> Explores the deepest recesses of American politics and culture. He's capable of exploring the just, deepest recesses. Just skip to the end where it says it establishes Sean Penn as a fixture of the literary landscape for years to come. Maybe we start off a new year with Bob Honey. Yeah, that's exactly how I want to start. We're doing, Not even just a new year, a new decade. Yep. Start the 20s off in style, the roaring 20s. I already have January. Just put down the month for Bob Honey. January. Right. Approved? And Yes. Christmas Jars is obviously December, right? Yep, I got that in there. We're okay. going to say Christmas Jars is approved. Well, Ben, it's been a great show. Yeah, it sure has. <laughs> Can't wait to awkwardly guide you out my door and say goodnight. Yeah. And close it behind you. Book boys. Yeah, that's a that's pretty much sums up right there the book. And not everyone can be a home run. Sometimes you got a bunt for the team. <laughs> You're always so quick with the sports metaphors. Because <laughs> I know so much about it. I know. <gasps> ben what sports books is there oh. a story written about sports like a racehorse or a baseball gentleman 
<laughs> there's got to be a sports book uh, we can yeah, read. Yeah, there's some. I Why did we not think of that? All right. I don't know. Well, it just came up now. See, it's a good thing we kept uh, kept talking here. There you go. It's uh, the back of the back and forth. And to think you wanted to awkwardly sh- shuffle me out the front door. 10 well, I'm minutes still gonna ago. awkwardly shuffle you. Out yeah, the but front you wanted door. to do it ten minutes ago. Yeah, I it's did. a good thing we resisted yeah, that. Did. Yeah, <laughs> we resisted. Did we? Did we resist that? Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, sports books. Okay, there we go. Okay. We have to look up. So I, I'm already looking forward to the dynamic here because hmm. you don't like sports at all, right? I don't know anything about sports for I, the most part. I know a little bit. Okay, well, that was a great show, Ben. You yep, did it. Sure was. Nailed another one. Yeah. Knocked it out of the park. Boy, we are good at this. Took that pigskin across the sports field. <laughs> Hope your mom was listening because we did it, Ben. I wish my mom was still alive to hear this episode. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say to that. Why? <laughs> Why would you put that in there? How am I supposed to...